It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? Here we are, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson. And like I always say, uh, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program. However, we do endorse them. We do uh, have benefit from them. So basically, they're not responsible for anything that's said here. Uh, right. We're not associated with them. Uh, my name is Chris Mandeville. I am a recovering heroin addict. Um, we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave. Um, they are gracious enough to let us broadcast from here for you. Awesome uh, place. We, you can find our audio podcast at lolterms.com. Please subscribe. Which will you can get it for whatever device you have. Um, we're, I think we're on pretty much all platforms. Um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any, yes, anywhere that you can actually listen to podcasts. Um, but you can share this video as well if you're watching it. Um, on Facebook or YouTube. Yes, we're on YouTube also. Uh, hopefully someday we'll have everything linked up together and you can watch it from wherever. Um, yeah. So we're doing what we we're supposed to do and practicing social distancing and all that which yep you know, plenty hopefully of all that shit will go by the wayside soon um so tonight we have uh someone that i've known for a while um tim nasuti he uh we were in the same group for a while he was i mean he's still a young buck but he was really young then and um you know it's you you see people come in here and, and you see them flourish and do well and you also see people you know, not make the right decisions and end up freaking back out there. And it can be really hard to get back in here sometimes. And, you know, that's basically what happened with Tim. I hadn't, I haven't seen him in a few years. And, you know, uh, Tom had, uh, you know, was looking for some guests. And he goes, yeah, this kid said he knows you. And I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, who is it? And he told me his name. I was like, oh, I like, I had no idea what had even happened to you. You know what I mean? I didn't know if you were in the can. I didn't know what was going on. But I'm glad it's. Something yeah, good. It, it's something good. Positive, right? Yeah, all positive things. Absolutely. Nice. So we're going to let him share. And, uh, a little closer with the mic, though, Tim, all right? I'm yeah. going to crank you up just in case. Just a little bit. <clears throat> all right? So you can... Uh, it's hard to compete with Chris. He's good on the mic. Yeah. He is good on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so you can uh, take over. And um, I'm sure we'll interrupt you plenty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a... Tim, I'm a grateful recovering drug addict, alcoholic... Uh, like I said, it's kind of funny how it happened because when a friend of mine at work, you know, was like, oh, you know, you should check out this podcast. And they told me who was running it. And I was like, wow, I haven't, you know, heard his name or seen him in a long time. And right. it's just funny how everything comes together the way it does. Right. Yeah, man. Especially in sobriety, you know. Meant to be. Um, we appreciate you coming in. No, oh, thank you for having me. Um, I grew up in Weymouth, um, middle class, you know, great. I had a you know, my mother and my father, you know, when I was young, they were together, and then they split up. Well, I was still fairly young, but like I said, I had, a you know, a good life growing up there, and, uh, you know, when my parents split up, I kind of went with my mother and took her side in the whole thing. You know, even even to this day, you know, I, I get along good with my father, but, you know, I love my mother. I'd do anything for her. Yeah, yeah I think that's, you know, that, that happens. I did the same thing, you know. And, and you know, like I said, he's not... Even looking back, even looking back to when I was younger, like I just, I just, just how it kind of, how it all played out. Nah, you know, we moved to Weymouth Landon. I grew up in North Weymouth. We moved to Weymouth Landon, and it was a smaller house. And uh, even then, you know, I still had, you know, my mother's a paramedic, and and she's just an awesome person all around. And uh, my my family uh, lived in in Weymouth Landing. Uh, my great grandmother moved from New Jersey to Weymouth Landing. She was an alcoholic and killed herself. Um, in Wayne's Landing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and, uh, you know, I would say 
you know, I think back too. Like I've been thinking back on it. Now, I don't know if the alcohol or the weed started first. It started early. I would say I was about thirteen. You know, it was just kind of like casual drink. I think, you know, as a kid that age, you know, I don't know. Looking back, was I trying to fit in? You know, maybe, but you know, it was just kind of having fun. You know, we were yeah. down the tracks, down mm-hmm. the train tracks. You know, and back then it was like, oh, get a 30-pack of Natty Ice and a handle of Rubinoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just have, right. fun, have a big bonfire, a bunch of young kids drinking and going home hammered. Like, it was never like, it was never, you know, the way it turned out to be in the end. But uh, Yeah, right. Like, knowing knowing where you would end up, you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have sucked down those Natty Ice and that Rubinoff. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, I don't <laughs> if, think you would if, care. If you took, I mean, but if you had like a snapshot of your life. You could really lowest, see it, really said, hey, feel it. Yeah. Look, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, you know? maybe. But you can't scare an alcoholic. But also, I, I feel like you have to go through everything you got to go through to get where you're supposed to be yeah you know yeah i agree i mean even now i'd still say that to people like i you know but at the end of the day too you know for me anyways and that's like i said even now like i have to make a mistake in order to realize it like you can sit there and tell me hey listen if you do this this is what's going to happen but i I gotta i gotta experience it myself and that's even to this day in sobriety like you tell me something out maybe it might be work related or you know, you should, it'd be better to do it like, ah, let me try it my way, you know. And that's yeah, try, sponsor people. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what you do. You tell them exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't listen to you, and then they come back to you and say, hey, you know, what what you said was going to happen happened. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. But then, then they're more likely to listen to you next time. Yes, you know? hopefully. Hopefully. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, then... Like I said, that was that was that for a few years, you know. Had I had a lot of fun, and um, I had an older cousin. I, I think I was about sixteen, and uh, he was doing he was doing perk thirties and OC eighties, and I kind of you know looked up to him. So when he was doing that, I kind of followed in his footsteps. And you know, at first with that too, I didn't think there was you know I was fun. It gave me a better feeling. I what, always like years with this. I was about sixteen years old then. That was so. I was born in ninety one. So we're going back oh, to kind of when they were starting to. Yeah, that was like yeah the middle of the height of the the, the problem. And I was only sixteen, and and like I said, my cousin's he's almost five years older than me, and uh, you know, so he was doing it, and then we, you know, we started doing it, and uh, even then I didn't see an issue with it, and uh, you know, I'd go to school, maybe do a couple thirties or an eighty before school, and uh. You know, I still kind of made, I, I, I played baseball when I was real young, but by the time I was in high school, I wasn't really playing sports. I was smoking weed. You know, I had a job and uh, flipping burgers, and, like, we were smoking weed at the old Caswells in Weymouth. We were smoking weed behind the grill. I was the grill cook. I was 16 years old, 17 years old. I lied about my age. We used to hang out. Ashing into the cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't, even then, no, it just... Looking back on it now, like I never, I never saw an issue with it, and um, but you know, after that, it was kind of, you know, it was on, it was on, and uh, you know, I did, I, I got into the heroin, um, you know, at this time, I think my mother, my mother, you know, it's, it's in my family too, my mother's uh, brother, my mother's sister, you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, people that were in my life that I had seen, you know kind of go down that road and my older cousin at this point too and um you know I, even then I didn't realize it my mother started to you know catch on I was about 17 years old and um I was you know she kind of found out and I was like you know I'll go to detox I remember I wasn't 18 yet cause I went to Westwood and I went to we went to Bournewood I went I jumped in and out of a few detoxes you know kind of just to keep her happy I was still living at home then and uh you know at this time it was kind of it was it was on, you know, I, I, that's when I realized, you know, I was getting sick and doing it every day. And I realized, you know, well, yeah. Cause you said she's a, she was a paramedic too. So she was probably a lot more hip to, I can't you know, imagine something going on than some other parents may have been oh, as I mean, a high school student, the strength of an opiate addiction just, I can't, cause I didn't start till I was 24 or something 23 and it's like yeah you know, i think i was around there too with with the dope with the dope you know? yeah My God. <clears throat> but i i skipped High the 30s i skipped you know like i i don't even know what a suboxone is like 
you know what I mean? Like all that stuff was hadn't come out yet. Like I was getting, I was getting OCs, and I was like selling them to buy dope. You know, I was like, if I was really really sick, I might use one or two. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, different that, different world. And yeah, that's the thing, even world. back then too, because I remember going. You know, maybe it was the second or third time I went to detox. I went to a dual diagnosis, and um, they prescribed me Klonopins, and my mother was bullshit. You know, and that was back then. I feel like even back then like now you know you're starting to see more and more like you know addicts getting treatment they're not prescribing you know they're trying i mean and, and if that's what works for you and you have to be on suboxone you know that I right, have nothing right, against right. it but like you a detox prescribed you so colonopin i was in a dual diagnosis dual diagnosis yeah and, and but that's the thing also is now there's way more information out there about Opiates and benzos. Dude, if you're an opiate addict, all right, and you got colonopins, how much more likely are you to OD? Oh, you know what I'm saying? But they're like, hello. But but that's that's the that's one of the problems. You know what I mean? They're they're trying to treat what they think is mental illness, right? With the drugs for mental illness and not really paying no mind to the drugs he was doing, which is why he's here to begin with, right? You know, let somebody let somebody. dry out before you can diagnose them i, I would i mean think. absolutely I, don't know. I even think more so too like we could go and say like you know neurotin what's neurotin's for nerve damage yeah you know exactly. why are we giving yeah but you know that's a whole nother thing you know, I know that, yeah, yeah, that could be a whole is. nother episode yeah. and, we, and, we had a prescriber <laughs> on here on the de- on the show you could listen to her podcast yeah, yeah good. and then and, and again like at the end of the day like my so my mother you know like i said her brother and sister and her being a paramedic like she was she was bullshit when they so long story short you know i, I came home and i you know, numerous times in and out of detox, 17, 18 years old, you know, taking Klonopins, doing heroin. And um, I wound up, you know, one night doing Klonopins and I robbed an establishment like at 18 years old, just not even oh. thinking, not even thinking. And um, it's not like you were and, from and the hood. How did you get from Weymouth? You know what I mean? Oh, how did you God. do that? I, I heard the story. I literally, I, I, I robbed two, I, I, I robbed. I robbed a fast food restaurant. I jumped the counter with a knife and I robbed a convenience. Oh like just God. not even thinking clearly. Like right, that's and that's intense, what the Kalanapins did. Yeah, mind erases. Yeah. And yeah. then you know, like I, I literally, you know, I'm an 18 year old kid, and um, I got caught, and I wound up going to Dedham, and I was awaiting trial. And I did the fence there. Yeah, I was awaiting <laughs> trial there, 18, 18 years old, and uh, you know. My bail wasn't too high, but my mother, you know, I was just a kid. Like, I really, I never grew up. You know, I got out of high school. That right. happened not long after I was out of high school. Yeah, and, and she was, she, you know, she's your mom. She didn't want you to get out and, and go right back to what you're doing. Just, and yeah, she wanted you to learn a there. fucking lesson. Can I get a night's sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's And you know what? It, it, that's the truth in it. And uh, she's yeah. like, I'm not bailing you out. And uh, so I sat in there. I sat in there for six months. I got indicted, and I, I went upstate when I was eighteen years old. I got a two to three, and uh, I'm not. I don't even when I talk. Like I'm not saying this to glorify it. That's just my story. That's what happened. And uh, I went imagine up, that fucking eighteen years old ugh. jumping the counter with a fucking knife. Not e- not even thinking about doing a two to three upstate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you're thinking about getting fucking a couple hundred bucks out of the register. So yeah. you're not fucking sick or whatever, and that's right. and that's it. That you know, and I look back on that now, and like, so you know, that was kind of like the beginning of a journey for me, like all that stuff that led up to it. You know, being a kid and and that, but like, I went in there and I grew up. Um, I didn't stay sober in there. I was 18 years old and conquered. It was like a fucking party for me. Oh, excuse conquered, my language, yeah. you know what I mean. But uh, I was with a lot of older guys, older did kids. The fence, did the fence there too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I put razor wire on the wall. Oh, sorry. but yeah no it was fun and uh you know as a young kid i remember going in front of the parole board i had a bunch of letters you know it was like i said it was it was uh it was definitely you know i grew up in there and i remember them saying look you know i said i want to go to a halfway house you know i definitely you know want to get treatment after this and and then the the caseworker was like well the quickest way for you to get out of here once I got uh, approved for parole was to go to Wyman Reentry on the island, and that's where my journey started. And now oh. it's not out there anymore. It's right. it's yeah. in Mattapan, I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And but when it was out on the island, like <clears throat> I, we, I remember showing up out there, and it was it was almost like being in a halfway house with a bunch of good yeah. guys. We yep. piled into the van, 
and I was just happy to be out. You yeah, know they take I mean? you out to meetings, and yeah. you know they they had commitments that came in as well. Yeah. For people who don't know, we had it. We have, in Massachusetts here. We have a place called Long Island. <laughs> yeah, Massachusetts Long Island, and it used to be used to be all treatment. Used out to be there, all yeah. treatment out and there, and homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's since and closed the, down. And, yeah, the bridge went out. And uh, now there's a big fight over there trying to get it rebuilt and get it opened again. Yeah, yeah the mayor of Quincy and the mayor of Boston are going at it. Yeah, yep. we should just put them in a ring. I wins. know, I know. I think, Mar- <laughs> I think Marty's got it. <laughs> right? But, um, Sorry. No, no, it's, it's, but it's the truth. I mean, I remember being out there. You're right, though. It was, it was, you had the shelter out there. You had halfway houses out there. It was yeah, like its own programs, little community. A lot of kids programs. A lot of help Everything. for a lot of people that ain't Absolutely. happening now. And, you know? and honestly, it wasn't a bad spot. Like no. you, 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 you're not in the city. Like you have, to, it made you be responsible because if you weren't in the van, you had to make sure you caught the fucking bus to get back. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It, it, it was, it was good, and everything was out there that you needed. Yeah, I went to, I went on a commitment out there a couple of times. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. And I remember actually, you know, I get when after I got out of there. Um, well, so I, I'll just keep going my story. So I went there for ninety days. Um, I got a bed in the answer house. And uh, I went to the answer house. And once I got to the answer house, it was like, I mean, reentry was awesome. I'm grateful for it. The answer house was awesome. That uh, that program changed my life. My first halfway house, and it was a good group of guys. Mm. I remember, you know, I was doing demo for 10 bucks an hour. And my life was so simple then, and it was so good. I'd go home on the weekend. I'd stay with my mother, you know, hang out, hang out with my brother and sister. Mm. You know, and then... um. One of my good friends had been sober for almost, I think he was sober for about seven years at time. At the time, and I had grown up with him, and I bumped into him, and I kind of, you know, jumped in his pocket, and I was going to meetings with him, and he definitely, uh, he's probably the reason I stayed, I stayed sober for two and a half years. You know, I, I finished the answer house, I moved home with mom for a couple months and finished my parole, and uh, I got my own place down the South Shore, and things were good. I got in the laborers union, life was good, you know, me, uh, you know, that's when I'm, I met Chris, you know, mm-hmm. we were going to going to Rockland Young People, going on commitments. I was just telling him before this, like sobriety was fun. Like I had a blast. Yeah, like we yeah. went out to dinner. We I had we had a group of people, like a lot of good things. We did, really all, good. we did fucking haunted houses. We did fucking apple picking. We did everything yeah, yeah, you yeah. could everything you could think of, like normal people would do as yeah. well. You know, we, yeah. we fellowship, like right. we 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 end up becoming like a family, yeah. freaking watching fights. All yeah. the time, man. Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. boxing matches. That sh- that was the that shit was awesome. It was. We good did. Stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a good time in my life. I had. I had two and a half years then before I went back out and uh, things were good, you know. And the funny thing is, is like, and they say it. You hear people say. It, you hear people long term sobriety say. It, you hear. You hear it all the time. Like I. I went back out long before I picked up. I didn't pick up right away, you know. My actions made me pick up. You know, I was trying to cut corners and. Uh, and I, you know, looking back on that time, you know, like there was a lot of chaos then, you know, even before I picked up, you know, I thought I could make money in a couple of different ways. And I was running around like a knucklehead. And, um, yeah, I stopped going to AA meetings. And, um, you know, I look back too. I think I dragged people down with me. I still, you know, and people would be like, oh, no, it's not, you know, people make their own decisions. I, you know, I still have, you know, I still think about that even to this day that I drag people down in a lot of the chaos that, that came in those years. If yeah. Those couple of years that followed, then I wasn't sober, were, were, were just absolute chaos. What do you what do you think what do you think was the state of mind leading up? You think it was ego? You think it was uh, the, the the you know, I got this or maybe thinking that maybe you weren't an addict or something like that? What do you think? So, you know, you know, rewind to when I went away, you know, I was just a kid and I came home like I had never really gone out. I Maybe I could drink a little, you know, maybe I could sell uh, a little bit of coke. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my mindset. And, mm. and, and then, you know, maybe like, oh, you know, I want to get ahead. Like, you know, you see people in life and I even even today I have to check myself like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But like sometimes, you know how I mean, for me anyways, like I'm an addict, like I want more, more, more like, you know, right. and, and it didn't matter what it is. No. You know? Yeah. Could be like, good things. Like I want, you know, if it it's it's so crazy. Like we want the good things, but we don't want to do what it takes to get the good things. No. I you know, like the the hard work. It's like yeah. you know, it's like yeah. you know, that addict thinking it's like 
I could fucking hustle and I could do this yeah, it's in never, a quarter of the time. The, the right way is never going to be fast enough. That's what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, I, Tony Robbins said, right? So everybody completely overestimates what they can do in a year and everybody completely underestimates what they can do in a decade. Right. You know what I mean? When you turn around and you do it the, the right thing, you know, for a decade, you look back and you say, you look where I am now. It's a, it's a big difference, you know, but it takes time. It's like that instant gratification shit is pretty cool, but it's just not quite fast enough. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's good. You know, I have a, a, a great, uh, a great girl in my life today. Um, asked her to marry me a few months ago, but sometimes it's like, nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes she says that to me because I'll be like, oh, gee, well, you know, we should have a house. So, you know, why, why aren't these credit cards paid off? And she's like, look how far we've came, you know, in the past two and a half years since you've been home. And, I'm, and I take a step back and I go, you know, she's right. So, um, mm. yeah, you got to do got to do gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, you know, so like I said, you know, I went back out and it was just, you know, chaos. And they, and they say like you evolve like anything in life. Like so. You know, one thing led to another, and uh, I'm like looking back on it even now. I'm like, what was I doing? I got pulled over with with a with a pistol on me and kicked a foot chase from the state police. That was that's what you know. That's where it led up to in 2016. Just absolute chaos. And uh, you know, I remember my probation because I had a few months left of Superior Court probation. I had done the right thing for four years. You know, the last year I was fooling her. You know, I was, you know. Doing the wrong thing, but she thought I was doing the right thing. Who's and this uh, now? My probation officer. Oh, your probation officer. Yeah. Right. So back in 2016, and, um, you know, she let me, I bailed out after that happened. And th- that last six months I was out, I'm lucky to be alive. It was just even more chaos. And, like, when, they, when she finally said, look, you know, we're going to give you more, th- we're going to give you time, it was, like, almost like, it was like a, I looked at it and, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, wow, because like that probably saved my life. You know, I went mm. away and, um, you know, I was fortunate. I was fortunate in the fact that she only gave me a one or two for my probation and I want to beat in that big case. I should be gone still. Like, I should be grateful to even be sitting here with you guys today because like I, I beat a, I beat that gun case. I should be doing seven, seven years at least, mm. you know, it's just like, yeah. it's just life's crazy. Life really is crazy. It's like, you know, but a lot of good things, you know, good things came from it because look where I am today. Sometimes, you know. Like, yeah, man, absolutely. And that's the thing, like, you know, you can look at it as you beat it or like it was supposed to happen that way you know what i mean like someone was checking you like you said earlier you were checking yourself but someone was like hold up let me pump your brakes for a second you know i'm gonna i'm gonna scare you a little bit and then oh absolutely everything everything in life happens for a reason good or bad i've always said that my mother says it i mean it really does i know I, i mean like you just said chris like you know that that got me to where i'm going today mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm fortunate to be here i remember too like um so that was rape of you know i was out and uh that's when i met my uh my fiance now it's funny we grew up right down the street from each other and we knew who each other were but we ne- she moved to la after high school for a while and when she came back we wound up um meeting each other and she seen the chaos and uh she never went anywhere too when i took my time and i was still looking at all that time she came and visited me up the max every single week when i was still looking at all that time and she's just an awesome person she really is and i remember beating that case up there and and susa yeah that place is intense i worked in there too Mm. (laughs) yeah i mean that intense that's scary i would think that would scare you you want to know something too like because you know like i said before like I was 18, I went to Clunk, and I was like, I, I kind of grew up in there, and I'm like, as crazy as it sounds, like, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But when I went back away this time, like, things really changed for me. Like, that place, uh, yeah, that place was, it was definitely a... It's hardcore. Yeah, it woke me up. It's it woke no me up. Joke. I woke, And I had a lot to live for this time around. I know I wasn't out here doing the right thing, but like I said, I, I met... Uh, I met my girl, and I just wanted to get home to her. I wanted to get home to my family, and I was just, you know, when I came home this time, um, I came home. It's funny. I came home, and they paroled me to a 
Boston State pre-release had put a drug program in, and they paroled me there. Now I came out of the max of that program, and I I was doing suboxins, and I was I was eating a raw, and I went to this program, and I was uh I was there for ninety days. I had a good parole officer. It's like you're almost you're in the pre-release, but you answer to a parole officer, and you go to work. You can get weekend passes. It's almost like a drug yeah, program yeah. they put there. Yeah, but um. Yep, that's been in place for a long, long time because I knew a dude who went through there and uh, he was getting ready to go out and start working at the pre-release in Shirley and uh, and somebody snuck some drugs in and they, they they got together, they all got high, they got together, they attacked the guy, they beat the crap out of him, they all went back inside for like double digits or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just because they got high, you know, and they were out of control. They just didn't, they a group of them, you know. Bad Same. news, man. You see, you could have got wrapped up in something like that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, Next you thing you know, you get another bid. Yeah. Ugh, just not fun. No, it's just, just all chaos. But um, no way to live. <laughs> I finished that, and uh, I finished that, and I've been home, and, you know, thing, things got good quick. Um, it was funny, because once I got home, too, was um, another person came into my life, um, he was dating my sister at the time, and he was sober, and he had had some long-term sobriety in the past, and I jumped in his back pocket, and, you know, we went to the mm. gym together. We were all hanging out together, and we were going to meetings together. We we had a good time, and, uh, you know, since then, things have got good, you know. I, I, I could sit here and say, like, you know, I, looking back on it, too, I know I say that a lot, but, like, I, I, I tend to do that. I look back on my life and, and think about the things that have happened in sobriety and things that, you know, happen outside of sobriety that got you know i just know for me i can't do anything you know i tried the drinking thing that last time and and that didn't work and uh even like i you know i could i could i could say to you i want to work too much like if i could work if they were like oh we're working seven days a week i would work seven days a week knowing i you know i'd be better off taking a day off and just yeah i think that's just that addict that that addict mentality yeah exactly but like, it's work. funny. I was not that long ago. I was talking about this. It, it was today. Like, a lot of people that I know that have come into the program, like, have done what they are supposed to do, done step work. You know, were, were really active. Are like normal. Like now they can have a couple drinks. They can maybe smoke some weed. But I know for me, I don't even want to try. And no. test those waters. I'm all set. Like, because I know, I know that it's only going to be good for as long as it's good. And then it's going to go to shit. Well, thank God. Thank God you, you, know, you were like that because I know because I tried it. Uh, continuous relapse of like, what do they call it? Chronic. Yeah. Chronic relapse. I was just in and out, in and out, in and out. I'm good. Oh, you know what? I could, I could use a. An appetizer and a couple of drinks. I mean, you know, that isn't yeah. heroin, so I could probably do that. And, and you know these I mean? people it's have like, gotten their lives together, you know what I mean? They've done everything that they're supposed to, and it's like, I just don't want to even take that risk. God bless them. You know, exactly. Yeah, but, but they ain't me. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, that's how, I don't even want to test those waters. Yeah, so, I'm all you know, set. Cause, it's like, not worth it. My life it's is not, too good. It's not. Because what if I'm not the exception to the rule? Yeah. I then know. I get to start all over again? No, I'm good. Dude, I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. Yeah, so you go out there, and, and now everything's laced with fentanyl, you know what I mean? Uh, you could ah. try one one time. Let me just try it like I see what it was like. <laughs> I don't know who the hell. And you did. I don't know who the hell I was talking to, but they had bought Adderall or something, and somehow someone got it tested, and there was like seven different fucking things in, in an Adderall. Yeah. Because they were fake. They were yeah, just, they're not real just, Adderall. Pressed, they fucking insane. They learn how to press stuff and make it look like a pill. Oh, you yeah. want it, make it? You want it to look like a pill? We'll press it into. A oh, pill you want for an you. Adderall here? Whatever you want. Fucking, yeah, yeah, it's no all, even like yeah, like you said, it's all meth. You know, even I was saying to you before, like out there these days, like you never heard about meth being around here, right? A lot of people switching their drug of choice. You know, oh, is it around? That's around now. It's always been around, but I, I think, think it's a lot yeah, more prevalent. A little bit with bikers and stuff. When yeah. I was out there, it was just the bikers. Yeah, and, like, and even, like, it's, I think it was always, like, like you said, Chris, it's been around, but, like, always, you know, think California, down yeah, south, California. you know, out in the mountain, wherever. Yeah. But now you're hearing about it more and more here. People, like, grew up with that, 
you know, like, oh, this so-and-so is, I was like, wow, you know, no, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's sad. Even like you said, the fentanyl thing, it's sad. It's, it's, it's different out there these days. Um, I'm right when I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy too. Like people that, you know, you, you latched onto and jumped in their pocket and came in here and, and you know, and now they're struggling. It's, it's, it is. And that's the toughest part because, like I said, you know, addiction's definitely in my family. It's on my mother's side, you know, my cousins, aunts, uncles, and um, close friends. And it's around, it's around, you know, like um, like I was saying, you know, I um, I was in the labor's union for a long time. It's the same as the labor, but I switched to the iron workers. And, like, the job I'm on now, I got a bunch of great guys with long-term sobriety. Like, I can't so fortunate but then at the very same time that i have them great guys you got guys on the job that are getting high every day you got yeah, guys you know yeah. whatever they're getting high you know you got guys getting high on fentanyl guys speeding around on adderall hey whatever works for you but like i know for me like i go to work and there's there's a there's a there's a handful of guys with some long-term sobriety that i can we could sit there right. and talk about and it's just it's awesome like i like it's almost like you look. You could sit there and look at it like, you know, you could be over there with these guys, you know, doing this and that. And I'm not perfect. Even now, like, I should be doing more than I do with my sobriety. I know with everything going on, the meetings, things, you know, I do go to a men's meeting. I go once a week if I can. I haven't been in a couple weeks. You know, um, I really should be doing a little bit more. You know, like, Chris, back then it was so, like, even coming on this, like, I, it's hard for me to speak in front of people, like, this time around. Before, I would go on a commitment and... You know, if I or you know get up in front of get up in front of the meeting and speak, it was a lot easier. I don't yeah. think you know it's something I probably have to work on. Definitely, you know. Well, I think it's it's probably harder now because you you're probably uh, you know more real at this point. You try you know you can you can you can speak uh, whatever at the time uh, when you're not as serious about stuff. Sometimes you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, it's a lot yeah, easier to speak when you're when you're not digging down, right? You know what I mean? And 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 you know, life's completely different now. You oh, know? absolutely! Like I like I said, my life's completely different from when I knew you before. You know what I mean? Like it was it was easy to run around, go to a meeting every night, go to commitments. You know, life's life's a lot different now, and especially mm. with everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, I know when I when I when I got sober a bunch of times, a bunch of times, you could. You could tell a story, surface level story, explain to you what happened, this and that. But when you when you when you're very serious about doing anything, being willing to do anything in sobriety, I come, to, you know. Then I'm sharing in, in like group therapy at the time. I was in nine months of in house treatment, and it was like more. You feel it more because you're more serious about it. You know that it's not. This is. This is for real. You know what I mean? It's it's a little different. It just felt different to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, when you're sharing and you know that that uh, that this is life or death, right? You know, and that's that's why we do this because we're basically trying to maximize the effort that we're putting in. You know what I mean? Like, and and you know, I'm glad that we got on this before all this other crap happened. And now, you know, thank God. I, you know what blows my mind is. People that are just getting sober now and they're just doing like Zoom, and, yeah, that's and, and crazy, like they man. haven't they haven't experienced fellowship. Chris, and they we haven't were talking about this the other day. They haven't experienced like what it feels like when you're in a room with someone and they're sharing, and like you can feel that energy. It's like yeah. wait till they wait till they see what what you know. It's like in the halls, and and you're not looking at a screen. It's we said that it was funny because the other morning we were talking about that we were we were sitting before work and like I said a couple of guys sober guys were like imagine trying to get sober right now with everything going on I oh. can't even imagine no way I can't imagine like because even when I came home this time and you know I was fortunate so I came home I came home on parole and I was my sister and my girl had an apartment in, in Dorchester and um. I moved in with them, so us three were living together for a little while after I got out of Boston pre-release. Mm. So I was, it's it, it. So I didn't. So that was just a, this is the last little bit of this, and um, we're all three of us are living together, and I just finished this one or two. I just beat this big case, and I'm taking I'm taking Johnny Sabox, and I start drinking again. My my parole officer violates me. I had 52 days left on parole. I went back in a Walpole. It's like a classification now. So we, yeah. I sit there for the 52 days. I come home. My girl's like, 
you know, I said, listen, I promise this time. And when I came home this time and I finished my parole and I've been home almost two and a half years now, I've been sober ever since. And she's like, wow. She's like, you know, you would think, you know, you came home on parole after all that happened, you would have stayed sober. But like when I go away, when I went away the first time, when I went away the second time, I never stayed sober in there. I was just so depressed in there. Mm, I was right. I just, why am I going to stay? Some people are like, I went away and I stayed sober. and, and that, But I just couldn't. Yeah. And I came home and I wasn't sober and I went right back out. I didn't go right back out and nothing bad happened, but I was drinking. Like I said, I was, you know, I would take a couple Adderall before work. I would smoke a little weed and I'm on parole going for piss tests. Like, you know what I mean? Like just the chaos of it. Yeah, the... the 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 thoughts that we have as addicts and alcoholics like you get in the colors they still got the colors i mean i like i said i I've, I've been home two and a half years and i've been off paper two and a half years and it's a beautiful feeling yeah, yeah, yeah she nice. would just call me into the office in quincy with the pro- probation i think yeah i think they still do colors but i just parole they could just yeah, be like yeah come in you know oh, and that's okay. what she did one that's day with 52 days left parole, on parole yeah, yeah. she goes hey can you come in for a urine uh, i She's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm just going to go take a year. And like, I think in this, in that little 52 days, again, you know, it's just, it's funny how things happen. But right. I went back for 52 days. I came home and um, my sister moved out at this point. And me and uh, me and my fiance have lived in that apartment ever since. We, it's not, you know, it's nice. It's our home. We have a puppy. She, um, she just graduated nursing school. I have a great job. Like life really is good yeah, today. You guys, yeah, you guys man. can have a really good life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's up well, to me. You know, it's all the balls in my court. You know, absolutely. That's the thing that, that I think about is like, I, I don't want to cloud up and miss out on one second of the time I have left on this world. You know what I mean? Good, bad, whatever it is. I want to be me and I want to experience it as me. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to, because when I look at it, the way I used to get high, it would, it, I would just be like not there. You know what I mean? And, and not experiencing it. It's kind of all cloudy. I, I have memories, but they're not really, you know, I'd much rather just experience everything as me and enjoy the good, enjoy, you know, you don't enjoy the bad, but, you know, you appreciate the bad for what it is, and uh, I just, I don't want to lose that, you know, right. I don't want to be somebody and, else. And, like, I've been in, in, there's been times when, you know, something would happen, and I'd be like, fuck, man, this, is this ever going to go away? Is this ever going to stop? Like, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, something happens, and I'm like, all right, this is not going to stay this way. Like, right. But yeah. Perspective has completely that's, changed. That's that's you know, uh, progress, right? Yeah, gain, like the, the impermanence of, of everything. Yeah, Good is man. impermanent. Bad is impermanent. Fucking, right. you name it. Nothing is going to stay the same. Life is sweet it's, in spite of the gonna, misery. Yeah. Everything's going to change <laughs> at any that's given it. moment. You know? I think as an yeah. addict, I'm scared of change, too. Yeah, of course really we are. Do. Of course we are. I think oh, yeah. everyone, I think, you know, like I said, my mother, my, I helped my mother move a couple of weeks ago. And even that, like, no, I'm not just saying addicts either, because, but I think just the hum, humans, like, you know, changes, mm. it makes, scares people. Change is difficult. Yeah. yeah it it's is. always difficult mm-hmm. no matter who you are. But if you're in a rut, it's easier to stay in a rut. And if you're yeah. sober, it's easier to stay sober than to get right. sober. <laughs> just, but you know, I'm I'm hoping that you know things will get back to somewhat normal. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there are there are those rogue in-person meetings here, there, and everywhere. You know what I mean? People that yeah, it's getting more and more and, right outside. Like it's meetings. it's yeah. funny because back in the day, the fucking alcoholics knew where the speakeasies were, and you could go and get your booze. And now the yeah, freaking yeah. people in recovery know where they're calling them speakeasy still. They know oh, where the yeah. person means <laughs> are. You go and get your recovery. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, like, when all of this hit, I think the fastest people to adapt to it were people in recovery. They're like, fuck, we can't go to meetings. Boom. All right. Hit. Boom. There's this whole entire freaking Zoom thing. Yeah. And there's a there's mm. a group where it's like, all right, here's your, you know, this is this meeting. This is this meeting. Like, they... Addicts and alcoholics, man, we're 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 very resourceful people, yep. yeah. you know. And and if we put it to good use, we can do a lot of good, you know. It's yeah, crazy, yeah, absolutely. It's dude. crazy. And then you know the other thing is too is like, I I I do I do really think too like as life goes on for me anyways that uh, I you got to keep I, I got to keep AA in my life because when I don't you know what I mean and like mm. again I, I probably. You know, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but I haven't been doing it. Not 
doing everything I shouldn't. I just should be doing more in AA. And I know it is hard right now, but, you know, AA gave me everything I have. Me being sober is is the reason right. where I'm at in life. You know, I have, you know, I have a nice life today. You know, my, I've all, you know, even when, that's the thing, you know, for me too. Like, even when I was out there, like, I was always... Maybe not so much when I was a kid, but when I came came home that first time and then went back out, like, I was there, too. Like, things were good. Like, I was there for my mother maybe financially, but not there, like, you know, going over and having dinner with her. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah, are the things a, that matter. Yeah, it was a, it was yeah, a different man. bottom. It was so different. You, yeah, it was you know so what I mean? Different. Like, you, 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 you didn't really lose anything. You felt it more than, than yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, and it was that exactly. And, you know. That's right. It's an inside job. You know, but you know, then the other thing is too. You know, life gets good, and, and you know, as long as you know whatever works for you. For me, if I if I can go to you know one or two meetings, if I go to two meetings a week, you know, because sobriety gives you things. You know, it gives you the it gives you life back. And and but you know, as long as you keep the you know for me, I'll keep that up front and and still go to meetings and uh you know do what I can to help other people. That's my other thing too. You know, I feel like you know, giving back and helping people, you know, whichever way works for you, you know, it might even not be, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't even, I, I started the steps and, you know, that's something, you know, something I definitely want, you know, should work on too is finishing them and, and going through them again this time around, because I definitely think I benefit from them. I mean, you know, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I could be doing, but, you know, I'm sober and thing things that, those are the things that matter to me, you know, being sold, being there for my family. You know, I, sh- I go to work every day. I'm do- I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not perfect. You know, do I still cut corners? I probably yeah, do. I, I think we all do, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, but I also, like you said, you, you work with sober guys. That's so, huge. So to, mm-hmm. to yeah, go into work and, and, like, be able to talk to someone that you know is going to understand what you're talking about, whether it's serious or not. Yeah, and, yeah. and just give you that perspective and, and know that you'd be safe with those people. Oh, yeah. That's huge. It's important to be humble, Very remain important. teachable. It's important to remain, you know, uh, gratitude. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Even a little two, we, we call it like, might even be like a little two-minute meeting. You don't even know it's a meeting when you're talking to someone sober mm-hmm. at work. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we'll bounce a couple things off each other. We're like, all right, that, you know what I mean? We don't even acknowledge it, but like you're helping someone out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it helps me out. You know, maybe... You know, like I said, they got, you know, long-term sobriety, but, like, even sometimes, like you said, just being able to be there with them and listen to their advice and take, you know, that helps me. That helps me every day. It does, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's huge. Like, like, what would we do if there was no one before us? Yeah. You know? Oh, no. That's why, like... I, I put it out there on, on here, like, you know, if, if we can help in any way, like, please reach out to us. You know, like, we yeah. know, uh, or if someone wants to come on here and share their, their story, like, we know a lot of people, and, and like, that's all it takes is networking, like, for it someone does, to get yeah. get treatment, get the help that they need. Yep. Uh, I think there's actually going to be a special on Amazon or Netflix. It's like high school kids. It's, uh, I think it's 16 and, and sober or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be like a four-part series. Of, if I can find the link, I'll throw it in the in the video like so that like kids know like what to do. It's crazy that it's 2020 and people still don't know what to do if they find out their kid's getting high. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember going on commitments back then. We would go to the castle. That was my uh, favorite commitment. Fucking place is gone. It's closed. And that's like even like we say the island. Like there was a good youth. Pro- there was a couple. Th- yeah, know, rebound. Rebound was out there. There was a couple good ones out there. I mean that island. You know we could sit there. We could talk about that for a while. Like just as you know, not having that there. I know there's a lot of you know sober houses was, and halfway houses, but that was a different type seven, of seven eight hundred people that were like instantly homeless. Yeah, right. They had nowhere to go. You Crazy. see it. You drive. Look. You drive by it. You know where. You know, Listen, you know, I, I work. I work right here in Quincy, and I see the the van every morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like makes makes me grateful. I wonder you know, what like, that first day was like when the bridge. They're like, we can't use the bridge anymore. Everybody's got to go. They shipped everybody with. They bring them like they yeah. just dumped them off somewhere. Like some some programs like took entire hotels for a little bit oh, until yeah, they I could figure that. things out. Oh really? You know, like you had the Hello House. You had friggin' oh yeah. Uh, That's why when reentry you yeah. had um, rebound. You had the shelter. The like, saw. So a program, yeah. I can, I There's can. tons of shit out there, mm. tons. 
and uh there was yeah you know thinking back too like when i like i said you know back then too when i got sober and i'm not saying like i that was the only halfway house i did and uh you know this time going away sold me you know what as sad as it may sound that's what kind of you know it take the past two times you know i've got sober it took me going away to be you know be sober come home and be sober but um you know that definitely going to re-entry going to the answer house set a foundation still in the back of my head you know like right I, and there's a lot of good halfway house I'm not saying you know the gavin house you know you got there's a lot of good halfway yeah. house andrew around. that's what was out there oh andrew, andrew yeah. detox that's over yeah. in uh i think that's at the godded hospital there was now. two Stolen. detoxes out there mm. wasn't there it was andrew and there was another one too i'm not sure yeah but there was a lot out there you if know. they reopen i wonder if those programs will come back you know what i mean to the island yeah. or, or something else will happen i, I don't, don't know, know. Strange, I, I, but right? I don't think anything else can happen. I don't think they can do any type of housing or anything. From, no? From, yeah, I don't think that they can do that. I think it's like... It's got to be somewhere. programs. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, other than that, you know, like I was saying, so I, uh, you know, I came home and... Um, and and little by little, too, things got good. You know, you could see, you know, things started to, you know... I'm not even talking about financial things. I'm just talking about my mind state, you know, like things started to come back into the picture. Like, you know, I was thinking a lot clearer. Um, you know, today, you know, I, I wake up and I, like I said, I love going to work. I love, you know, mm. being there for my family, being there for my fiance. You know, I got the puppy. He's my world. He's like having a kid. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. We got, we got one. He's like five and a half, six months old. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we adopted it. And What kind? He's just a little, he's just a mutt. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, and like, he loves my girl. Yeah. And like, if I go near her, yeah, my. like, he's like trying to like push me away because <laughs> he spends so much time with her. Yeah. Same, you know? yeah. same with mine. And, and but now, like today, I got home first and I was just sitting there and he was, you know, he was just playing with me. But it is, it's like a kid. Like, but they grow up so much faster than a kid. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I'm, Two months ago, I'm finding teeth all over the house because he, yeah. he was losing all his puppy teeth, and now really? now all his big teeth are growing. <laughs> That's a funny, yeah. She's when I first came home on parole, like I said, when me and my sister and her were living together, we she found him on the back pages for a hundred dollars in Harlem. He's a Staffordshire. He's he's a pit bull mix. He's yeah. he's just a mutt. She found him for a hundred dollars, and I remember FaceTiming with the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, come out here." And it was, you know, it's just funny, you know. Life's life's awesome. Wait, he was out in New York. Yeah, East Harlem and the projects and the towers. So I called him when I get out there. <laughs> I got an ankle bracelet on. I'm on parole. We drive out there. And, uh, <laughs> Not supposed to be leaving the state. No, probably. I, well, you know what? It was funny. So I called her and I said, "Hey, can I go to New York to get a puppy, my PO?" And she's she was cool. She's like, "Yeah, right." You know, as long you're back by nine o'clock at night that's when i had to be in the house so mm. she's like yeah go ahead so we, we went out there and uh we, i called him we get up. he's like do you want me to bring him down or do you want to i'm like i'd be i'd feel better if you bring him down he's like yeah i'll bring him down and i'm like all right wait in the car <laughs> and i run out and meet him and he, he had the mother with him and i didn't see a puppy and he had a duffel bag and he opened up the duffel bag and the puppy was there he was six weeks he was a little bit young oh really it's almost like a rescue me and her look yeah, at it like think much. about the life he would have had right right and, yeah. the pro and i'm not saying but just the projects in new york like he probably would have had a pretty tough upbringing. absolutely so yeah. i remember grabbing him all right here's the thanks here's the money thank you see you later wow and we've had him three years and he's he's awesome and he's the same thing like she's home you know studying with us in school so she, he's obsessed with her oh yeah absolutely if, if she's like hey <laughs> get him and he'll just like start jumping on me yeah you know yeah. he's just he's a big baby though he's awesome yeah. it's funny how, how attached they get I mean, but yeah life's life's completely <laughs> different now that's my life yeah i come home we cook we hang out i fall asleep on the couch like an old man the puppy sleeping <laughs> on me. I wake up and go to work. You know yep. what I mean? And, and it's good. You know, like I said, I should be doing a little bit more. And I'm really going to make it a point, you know, even coming on this, you know, someone at work was like, and it's funny. And he was like, oh, you know, a couple guys I know. And and then I come in and it was Chris here. And it's just life. life's funny how life works. Yeah. It's awesome. But that's the thing. Like, maybe this is what you needed to, yeah. to put that fire under yeah. your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, not by not sharing your story, you know, someone someone needs to hear your story. And that's if, if you're not sharing it. And that's what, you know, even like coming in here, I was like, oh boy. You know what I yeah. mean? Just, you know, because I, like, I really haven't, you know, haven't done a ton of this. 
I go to my men's meeting and there's seven guys in a room that I know real well and it's easy to talk to right, them. Right, We yeah, can all yeah. spill our guts every day and that's an awesome thing. You know, having that a men's cool. meeting with a close group of guys that you talk to, yep. Yep. that's mm-hmm. huge. You know, that's a big... And yeah, because you're going to say shit there that you wouldn't say in an open Never. meeting. Right. Never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You're not going to go to a room full of people you don't know and be like, you know, today at work, this, that, or, you know, right. my what, whatever it may be. I yeah, know exactly. a lot of them guys in that meeting, like, close, and it's like you can go, a couple of them I grew up with, you know, one of them was the kid I was telling you that I got real close with. You know, we all can go there and sit there and talk about stuff that, you know, like you said, you're not going to talk about. And, and, and you know, I think it'd still be good to be have a home group, you know, when things start to go back to normal. Yeah. To have a home group and go there and go on commitments because I think yeah. you need that fellowship too. I miss Absolutely. that. I miss the commitment. I, don't, I haven't <laughs> been on, I haven't really been had a home group in years and uh yeah, I do miss it. You know? Yeah, de- like just having those people, like they end up like your family. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing to. The have, anniversary to have. comes around. I, you know, it's, it's yeah. good. It's, it's good. Yeah, definitely you know? good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're about there. Um, you know, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I'm great. I'm. I'm glad I came. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Yeah, it's yeah, good thanks, to see that Tim. you're doing well. Yeah, you know, like because honestly, like the last time i probably heard your name was you know when you caught that case yeah i'm like what the fuck was he doing chaos didn't you like leave your car there too or something i i they literally crashed pulled, it no they literally pulled me over on, on morrissey boulevard and uh i'll tell you it's bad luck i dropped my truck off to get plow mounts on it and joey rented me a car and it wasn't in my name even still now someone's like that sounds crazy you're sober you're still saying that but like, yeah, no, I, I got pulled over, and he found a pistol, and I was sitting on the sidewalk. He handcuffed me, and I kicked the foot chase because I had 80s in my pocket. And uh, it's just like <laughs> 80s from Italy. People are like, 80s in 2016, but that's just more chaos. Like, who cares? Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's like my sick my sick mind. Like, I'm like, I got to get rid of these 80s. I can beat the gun. That's how my <laughs> no. mind works. Even like, it's just so funny looking back on it. Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, thing, it saved my is, life. You got to realize, you got to think, like, that's how powerful that addiction is. It messes yeah. with your head so much that you think it's a good idea to, like, whatever, you know, jump a counter with a knife, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> Crazy. That's, like, that's a strong, powerful thing, you know what I mean? That's Why do no I need joke. a pistol on me? I know. <laughs> what are you doing with a pistol? Right. It's just Fuck. chaos. Yeah. Not even Crazy. in a gang, like. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Dude, so... Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Tim. guys, thanks for having me. Tell, this was yeah, awesome. Let me tell you, you know, we're going to have half a local seven on this thing. I know. The other half we're saving a seat for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> LOLterms.com. <laughs> you can subscribe. like, subscribe, share, share our podcast. Um, you know, and, and I say it all the time. Anyone wants to come on. Chris, I know I've seen you up here. You said you'll be here around next week. Um, maybe we can get something set up uh, depending on how long you're here. Um, Jimbo Ogar said, Timmy, so glad to you're doing well. Yeah, what's up, Jimbo? How you doing, buddy? Um, Shout out to Pat Keegan. Yeah, yeah. For, PK. Uh, yep, all the people that help us out, you know what I mean? We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever want to hear anything or see anybody, if we can get them on here, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, LOLterms.com. Like, subscribe, share. Thanks, all everybody. Right. Peace. Peace. I live